Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the helmet catch right there. And we got the man with the helmet catch. But I digress. And I must let Teddy intro this superstar on. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, today's guest is known for his incredible catches in the National Football League. A man hailing from the great state of New Jersey. He's played for the New York Giants and the Baltimore Ravens. This gentleman is not only a former NFL Pro Bowler, but is also a first-team All-Pro, which stars the best players at each position during a given season. From the University of Syracuse, go Orange. Give it up for Mr. David Tyree. Hey, you. Go. We're here. We're here. David, first of all, thank you for coming on. How are, how are you and your family doing? Man, we're doing great, man. Uh, obviously, everybody's endured a you know, crazy couple years here. So a lot of movement. Um, some people may, most probably don't. Uh, you know, my wife married 17 years and a father of seven children. So we always got a lot of moving pieces, but we navigate. Hey, that's a big family. That's a big family. I'm sure the holidays are fun. Maybe a little bit expensive, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Everything gets expensive. Costco gets expensive. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't even want to think about college yet. But look, David, we're here to talk about you. And what I'd like to do is start with the early years. So you're born and raised in New Jersey, where you grew up in a one-bedroom house in a one-bedroom household with your mom and sisters. Now, the reason I bring that up is because I think all of us go through some sort of adversity in our lives. But how did that experience at a young age help shape you into the man that you are today? Um, it was fantastic. You know, I, I grew up early. Obviously, I'm an Essex County kid. Moved from East Orange to to Montclair, where I would say the formative years were, thinking like fifth grade, middle of fifth grade. And that's where we were in a one-bedroom apartment. So everybody knows Montclair is a great town. It definitely changed the trajectory of my life. But nothing, as much as, you know, we had some lack, and, you know, it was our life. And we were getting along. And um, I had a great support system. My mom was fantastic. My dad was around the corner in Orange divorced home and yeah it was it was it was enough adversity i think everybody divorced home shape challenges needs influences so i got into a lot of stuff but um by god's grace i was definitely able to just kind of navigate it and land in a safe space i love the optimism i think that's what you know really kind of carries you to the next point you know some people let it let them get it down and some people really learn to bounce back and say you know the grass is greener and things are looking better and i mean talking about montclair because that's where you played your high school ball where you're a three-year varsity letterman in addition to Blue Chip Illustrated All-American. So you're staying somewhat local for college as you attended Syracuse University as well. Yeah. Yeah, man, they were the first on the trail coming out. And, um, you know, like I said, Montclair had this, this, this football DNA imprint to it. Of course, if you're local, you know, in New Jersey, a lot of history with that school. So I definitely fell into – that love affair with the town and it, and it served me well. I found my fair share of struggle, you know, run-ins in middle school, cops and um, all that kind of stuff as well. So I found my fair share of trouble. I definitely um, dragged myself through a lot of mud, but I was able to really, you know, calibrate behind, you know, my sister kind of planted a seed when I was young. My oldest sister went to the military and she said, you know, you can get you one of them scholarships and go to school for free. And I was like, you know, We'll just play high go seek in East Orange. So <laughs> that kind of shifted for me um, in the early years. And just to see that first piece of mail come through from Syracuse, it made all the sense in the world uh, where, I, where I finally landed with the old biggies, you know, some of the glory days. So, David, obviously, as you mentioned, you know, Syracuse being a local school, you getting that letter. Um, were there any other factors in picking Syracuse? 
Yeah, I think um, it was definitely, you know, I think I have this loyalty, loyalty thing. But at the end of the day, at the time, they were kind of really running the Big East. The Miami was in, in, in the down years with the slap for recruiting violations. You know, they've had a few of those. Uh, <laughs> and Donovan McNabb was running the show in the Big East at the time. And so they had just won the Big East championship. Um, Michigan and Tennessee were the opening two games of my redshirt year. I mean, it just couldn't have been bigger football at the time. So, um, yeah, I took my visits to Virginia, Iowa, canceled Nebraska for defense. It would have been interesting being a black shirt. But, you know, it, it, like I said, I I felt like I had more to contribute at Syracuse, but it shaped me to become the man that I was. So it was it was good. Yeah. And I mean, hey, you're staying close to home, too. I mean, that, that's certainly not a bad thing. And I mean, David, look, during your time there, you ranked 13th on the career receiving record list with 1,214 yards but also a reputation as an excellent special teams player with not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six blocked punts. Yeah. You got to give you credit on both sides of the ball, my man. You're a little versatile. Yeah, man. I think no one, you know, becomes a highly recruited athlete and expects to become a special teams maven, right? So that was really the shaping of who I was as a, as a football player. And it was, it was like, how, how do I find a way to shine and contribute to this team? So I wasn't the weight in the in the gallo kind of guy. It was just like, well, if y'all gonna hate on me as a receiver, I gotta go out here and knock somebody's head off. So I'm a true football player. Like, you know, I'm a little I'm built different in my mindset. Being a two-way player in high school, I just had to have it. And um, you know, so that was definitely the mentality. But, you know, it was it was it was a special time. They actually in a bowl game, I actually like um, I guess I decleated the punter, so they didn't even they didn't count one of my blocks. My block. So we would have had seven. Oh, seven. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I really had seven, but you know, I think he bobbled it and I blasted him. You know, so I, maybe you know we call that six and a half. We'll see. I got to talk. Do you want me to change the Wikipedia page? I'll yeah, do that. Man, we got to go change that. You know, because they got me tied with people. I'm like, we need time. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, David, I think you're underselling yourself on uh, being a wide receiver. I mean, you had a career game against Virginia Tech in 2002. Do you know how many yards you had, right? I'll never forget it, baby. <laughs> for the viewers. Yeah, yeah. It was special. Let me tell you what made that even more special, right? It was, you know, I think when I, you know, I've always had this, it's not an inferiority complex. I always believed that I was that dude. I think you have to believe that and able to perform. But when you don't have enough people or, you know, you may, where there's lack of opportunities or, you know what? I wasn't the twitchiest guy, right? So we had some elite athletes that, you know, maybe just didn't have the grit that I had. So short story, the sweetest part of that game was, of course, it was against Virginia Tech, and they were surging. Um, and But even more so, the I, was, I blocked my third punt against Virginia Tech in three years in that game. So sophomore year, junior year, and I, I just remember blocking that punt it was, and, and and shooting them the the, the trip so it was it was a lot of you know a lot of pieces that made it extra sweet it was a special day I mean so you had nine for 229 is there a certain point where you just feel bad for the corners where you, so Michael Thomas did this in college where he would tell the corner what route he was running he's like yeah you still can't cover me <laughs> you know I would like it was it was euphoric for me because obviously I never get that many targets and you know, like, it's like, this is happening. We're doing this. we finally doing this. I was kind of like, you know, you're in the zone. So I, I ain't getting to talking too crazy 
with those guys. But it was it was special. You know, the, the, the sad part about it was, you know, how do you get 229 yards and not score a touchdown, right? It's like <laughs> – but, you know, they were all unique breakaway plays. And, um, you know, like I said, I couldn't get in the zone. And, and I actually ended up going head-to-head with Ernest Wolf, who had a great NFL career. And he has, like, 289 with four touchdowns. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> oh. It was a crazy game, triple OT. Oh man, I love that. I, and I love that 229 is staying in your head with that. So, David, I mean, look, you live every player's dream when you got drafted by the Giants in the sixth round of the 2003 NFL draft. And I want to give you credit because I think for every six rounder, people bring up Tom Brady or Antonio Brown, but a good amount of people don't make the team. And you brought versatility, you're playing wide receiver, but also being a standout on special teams. And that's something I think a lot of people aren't willing to do is to do whatever as asked. They say, hey, I've gotten to this point being a receiver. I'm not willing to change. I'm not willing to do the glorified part. So I want to say kudos because I think it's a big thing to put your ego aside and do what's best for the team. Yeah, I think I think the the, the underlying reality for me was I always grew up in spaces where I wasn't like the guy, you know, like I've always been talented. Of course you have to have a certain measure of talent, but I, and I was never on the team. Like even getting recruited, um, we had a guy, George Stanley at Montclair, who was the New Jersey state player of the year. So like, even in there, like, you know, it's kind of like I'm getting D one, but he's, he's, he's the premier guy, <laughs> premier recruit. So it's, it's, it's always dynamics that I was never intimidated, but it was like, you know what? I got a lot more to prove. So every opportunity to get on the field was an opportunity to prove. And that's how special, that's how being a special teams maven. I have a son in college and I'm just trying, I wasn't even like thinking about the NFL until I had my son. And I'm like, man, I got to do, give him the best opportunity I could. Of course, now looking at the opportunity to provide amazingly, you know, and have that opportunity at the NFL, let's kill him on special teams. I think I had 20 tackles as a senior. At Syracuse. So that definitely paved the way. The Giants were clear, like, yeah, we're drafting this guy as a special teams guy. And, and and I heard him loud and clear, and I just felt like I knew I could add a little spice even in a receiver room. And, and David, the spice you added, I mean, you made your first Pro Bowl as a special teamer. Um, but for the viewers, I got to ask, while you're amazing at both positions, did you favor playing special teams or wide receiver more? No, you always want to shine as, at your natural position. But what I actually, you know, the crazy thing about me was I wanted to do both. Like, I remember my third year, which was the year I actually made all pro, I actually came out of training camp as the third wide receiver. I killed it. And, um, you know, I was never the favorite guy. Like I said, we had we had some higher draft picks, but I can I can compete. I'm just going to I'm going to be the guy who knows what to do. Um, I'm going to be assignment tight. I'm going to have the savvy, the mental fortitude to position myself to compete. And and it, it, my receiver coaches knew it. And I think, you know, that was that was young Eli. So, um, you know, nothing was just cohesion. The cohesion wasn't really there in those games. I had a solid game against San Diego, four catches for 52 yards, a touchdown, but also fumbled the reverse. So I think we no, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. Only yeah, we're positive. talking about the bad stuff, right? <laughs> Every knock was like a big knock. That's how I felt like in my in my as a receiver, but I I was still doing special teams. So I'm third wide receiver and I'm on four, I'm on the core four. So the endurance was was a big thing for me. Like I'm doing what most people can or won't. I want to score a touchdown and get the tackle inside the twenty. 
And, um, you know, like I said, I definitely have done those things. I wish I had a little more opportunity to do it consistently. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, yeah, I want to talk about your side on the offensive. So your first season, you catch 16 balls for 211 yards. Pretty impactful out of gate. Not that 229 in one game at uh, West Virginia <laughs> Tech. We'll let that slide. So second year, you go 10 for 155, getting your first touchdown, too, which is pretty cool. Hopefully you have that ball in the man cave of yours somewhere. No, no, no. Okay. All right. I love it. I love it. Following season in 2005, you had five for 52, but you had your first Pro Bowl appearance, which Teddy had mentioned, which decorated your resume. So following that in 2006, you had your best statistical season at wide receiver, 19 catches for 197 yards and two touchdowns. In that time frame also, yet you, you also had 60 tackles. So once again, we're not leaving out the other side of the ball. We're including that as well. You might have stopped some touchdowns on those tackles. Oh, definitely, man. Like it, it, it felt so great to, to be a force, you know, and I think what I knew coming into the National Football League is, you know, of course, there were the Steve Tashkers who was the first to really bring an imprint and to, uh, you know, impact in the game as a special teams player. So there was definitely so many more that go, had gone before me. But I think I was like, I was definitely different. Like, um, you know, I was backdooring before backdooring was a term as far as beating, beating defenders across their face, going behind, using speed, using your skill set on special teams. Number one, it was just fun. Hitting people was fun. Like, and um, so I think, I, like I said, I just had a different mentality and um, it was a great grind. I think, I think what the, what the Giants grew to understand was they could rely on me and they wanted somebody better at their third wide receiver position, no matter how I competed. And I think it took me a while to kind of be content with it. You're never content or, or complacent because I'm striving to be the best. And I think my peers understood that. But I think, you know, they had me in a, they had me in a tough spot. We got one of the best. We got a premier uh, special teams player. If he's doing that, he's the best. If he's doing less, you know. They, so it was it was a tough spot to be in. But I brought a ton of value. And, you know, we, we, we shifted the tide with that, with that giant organization through my years. Yeah. And, I mean, David, your time is coming. So 2007, 2008 season might be one of the best of your life. I don't know why. So <laughs> – Look, regular season, we don't have to go into, but let's dive into the playoffs. And we actually had Brandon Jacobs on the pod last year, who said after the Week 17 loss that they were motivated to see the Patriots back in the Super Bowl. And I know being a wild card, you had to go through all the teams on the road. So the first three games of the playoff run against the Bucks, the Cowboys, and the Packers, you had one catch for four yards on two targets. Needless to say, you had an increased role in the Super Bowl with three catches for 43 yards, one touchdown on five targets. Did the coaching staff let you know that you'd have an increased role in the biggest game of the season? You know, I think the uh, – no, they didn't necessarily let me know. Here's the funny thing about that season was Plaxico is fairly – he didn't practice a lot that whole year with an ankle injury. Mm -hmm. and he started practicing back toward the very end of the season, and then he has like some – glitch in the matrix the week of the Super Bowl. So I'm taking number one, I've been used to taking all his reps all year long. This dude, you know, hot dog in the practices and, and showing up and balling out. And um, which is actually an amazing feat. But I kind of felt like we were right back at the same place. And I didn't realize that it was really a possibility he might not play. So I'm of course I'm preparing like a starter. And um I guess you would say another well-documented uh, experience was the Friday practice where I'm dropping everything 
Oh my <laughs> gosh. Getting the drops out early though. Hey man, listen, probably the worst practice in NFL history. But um, but the funny thing was, like, you know, I didn't even think that much of it other than it sucked when I was going through it. I'm like, I'm a pro. What the hell's going on? And but at the end of the day, it's like you you leave, you leave, you leave that poor experience, poor performance right where it was. Eli dapped me up after the practice. Hey, man, we know you'll be ready because that's what I was. When the lights is on, I was ready. And um, so it wasn't about thinking about a increased role. It was about I was always ready. I was always prepared. I didn't have enough opportunities to feel like I could ever waste it. So mm-hmm. that was always my mentality and, and just being prepared for, for, for that moment whenever it came. That's crazy. So everything you said, but Eli Manning daps people up. Eli Manning yeah, seems yeah. like the guy that gives a wet noodle uh, handshake. It, 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 yeah, it was kind of that. You know, it's like, hey, man, I know you'll be ready, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know. The year's 2022. I bet Eli Manning still doesn't know what a dap is. This is fantastic. You know, like, he's the best. You know, like, um, I mean, like, he's he's always got his the Eli faces, right? The stored Eli faces. Yeah. And you know, watching him come of age was 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 definitely special because yeah, we had the formative years where the bull bulls, the bull bull moments, and all that other stuff. You knew he had a certain pedigree, but watching him come of age and of course in that playoff room, just kind of you know that playoff run grow up in front of everybody was a special thing to see. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, his two post best postseason runs come beating Tom Brady, so we can't leave that out. But look. Yeah. I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the elephant in the room, which is the helmet catch. That's probably been you've been probably asked a hundred times about the catch, everything leading up to it, etc. So I want to come at it from a different angle. We've seen guys whose careers are defined by a mistake, such as Bill Buckner with the ball going through his legs, and he lives in infamy for that. Basically, has to hide. You might be one of the few athletes who are defined by something positive. When you made that catch, did you realize how much your life was going to change? Honestly, no, I didn't even have a clue. You know, like I just knew I made a big play. I like I, I didn't see the catch until I got back to the hotel. So I didn't see it post game. I didn't see any replays. We get back to the hotel, of course, the celebration mode by enjoying a family. It's 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 euphoric, right? You're in the moment. I'm giving Eli all the praise because, I mean, that's half the miracle to do. You know, you can blow on oh, Eli yeah. and he'll fall over, right? So it was um, it was a sick experience. And then I'm like, all right, let me go get something to drink. They had the, had the you know, replays playing, TVs on. And I see the I see it, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I had no clue. So it wasn't until, like, hours, hours later where I actually saw it, and I was like, and of course, it's like the next morning, you know, ESPN wants to get you before you go. It, it was yeah. just the 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 storm began, and I didn't really realize the impact. To, it still it took a little while, just kind of in the moment. Have you picked? Hey, well, well, oh, go ahead, Teddy. Well, and and that really stands out to me. You know, as an athlete, we all want that big play, but at the end of the day, we are athletes trying to work our butt off. Um, so you know, that just shows that competitor in you that you didn't look. You know, you were you were you were looking about the team's win, looking at the team praising Eli. So that stands out as a big part of who you are. Yeah, I'll tell you to speak to that. It's kind of like I, I, there were moments where I always felt like I had huge performances and we lost. And um, in my past, I remember I had like almost twenty yards against St. Joe's Montville in high school. Like 
anybody knows Jersey sports. That's when we used to play against parochials. It was a big deal. We were ranked in the nation. I had my best game, three touchdowns, and we ended up losing that game. So I kind of put all of that kind of individual stuff away at a young age because it takes the soul out of you to have a great performance and not and not win. And of course, my my catch was in a two minute drive. So as much as you knew it was critical, it's not until it's, it's, it's you know triple zeros on the clock where you can really celebrate and enjoy it and relish in it. So it was definitely all those factors involved. And so yeah, when we get to that moment, it's 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 a moment for me being that underdog guy who definitely believed in himself, I think, and even whose teammates believed that he could do more than what I was positioned to do. It was a moment of affirmation. It was like, a, it was a moment of fulfillment. So, um, you know, and it was, it was, it was everything. And, and David, something that stands out to me, um, you dedicated this catch, um, obviously your last one you ever made yeah. to your mother um, who died of a heart attack that year. So, you know, prayers and thoughts of your family, but that, 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 that must've been so special. It was man a big part of um when I when I kind of get the opportunity to speak and share and um I'd say pain you know leads to perseverance perseverance leads to providence right or, or, or promise and I think that's a progression that everybody can connect to um there's there's painful experiences in the human experience and that that's what draws the most out of us but also shapes us and causes the you know that, that perseverance. Uh, that overcoming dynamic to come forth. And then you then you get the, the promise. You get that providence. And so that's a progression that we could all identify with. I know that's why that helmet catch rings loud in so many people's memories and experiences. So I always love the stories that are associated with it. So I know what it means to me. I know it means a lot more to so many people. Have you paid for a meal in New York since that catch? Paid for too many damn meals, fellas. Listen, I'm just I'm, I'm I'm coming back out out here in these media streets. And I'm letting the world know, New York. Back. Well, you know what? You know I don't I don't name drop, right? So it's like and I you don't wear the you don't wear your jersey everywhere you go, uh, <laughs> right? So I don't name drop. You know I don't call ahead. Hey man, David. So I'm sure there could have been some favor extended. Um, I'm just not that dude. You know, like I'm. I'm like, if people, I definitely had a, had a few, few, few meals, you know, early on, but they stepped back into that full price. I'm like, I guess I can't be up in the city like this. Y'all ain't <laughs> too many kids out here. Y'all ain't treat the brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe when they see the name on that check, then you get the, that hundred percent employee discount, but you were, you were, you were hope and expect, but yeah, I guess I gotta, <laughs> I'm, don't worry. You know, we're going to get out here and talk more, talk a little more. I'm sure the love is still real in New York. Oh, of course, of course. And David, I want to talk about your post-career ventures. So you've been on Battle Cry. You started Next in Line, which is a project that counsels teenagers in your hometown. You're also the owner of DT3 Enterprises. You're starting your own podcast. I mean, technically, we're competitors now. Um, (laughs) But I I want to give you the floor right now to plug your podcast, plug the DT3 Enterprises. Yeah, I mean, like I've I've done it I've done it all, but I've been working within the NFL ecosystem for a long time, player develop player development, athlete development. So the coaching arm is real. I've always had an opportunity to speak, wrote more than just a catch back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. So we'll look forward to bringing more projects and storytelling, man. I think my life has been an imprint to not just inspire and motivate, but to bring impact and change. So that's what I've been doing with athletes. That's what I look forward to doing with businesses. Um, so that's going to be the speaking and consulting arm, executive coaching arm. 
And so, yeah, check us out, man. DavidTyree85.com. You'll see all that. Catch the Moment will be dropping April 27th. Um, it's going to be super exciting. The podcast is just going to be simple. We're going to have amazing conversations with people across industry. You know, people who have had their moment, right, or are looking or aspiring to have their moment. And we really want, the, you know, some of the grit behind it. We want the process. We want the journey. We want the pain points because everybody is more than their moment. So I, I can identify with that. Um, everybody is more than the, the pinnacle of success that they've achieved. And we want to get that out because that's what people need to get to where they're going. So when your podcast does drop, where can people find it? It's going to be on Spotify, Apple Pod, YouTube version. Absolutely. We we hitting them hard. So just look, look for it. I'm going to be teasing actually this week, um, trailer teasing. And, and, you know, like I said, we, we inchworming, but, you know, the, the momentum is building, fellas. The momentum is building. Oh man, I can't wait to listen to that first episode. You tease me right now. You got you got you got two listeners right off the bat talking with David Tyree, a man that's just more than football. David, we like to get our guests out of here with a little triple play rapid fire, some this or that questions. I can guarantee you haven't been asked some of these before. You game? Let's go for it, man. Let's go. All right. What's the better Giants jersey? The blue or the red? The blue. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, you got the white one in your background, but it's the helmet cast, but okay. <laughs> Would you rather lose the ability to lie or believe everything you're told? Oh, lose the ability to lie. Okay, that's good. You don't want to be gullible. Nah, I'll pass on that one. I believed enough bad stuff. <laughs> Would you rather live in a world where you had to dance instead of walk or sing instead of talk? Sing instead of talk. I'm telling you, I'll be out here singing all day. I'm me, 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 me. <laughs> you know, I'm surprised that you never did Dancing with the Stars. Like, I, I don't know why I thought that you were on one of those seasons. I, I, I definitely haven't been. Like I said, I've been, I'm a, I'm a dude that's, I'm built for the light, but I don't do the limelight. Like, I'm, 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 I'm you know, people will know my moment, but I'm like, I don't do fake stuff. You know, like, I, I love it. get into that plastic world. I love people because people, they're, they're, I know they're real people, but, I, you know. Yeah, it's a little too scripted. I get that Jersey grip, man. I, you know, we keep it 100. Okay. What's better, a water balloon or a snowball fight? Oh, man. That's tough. I'm going to have to go. I got to go snowball fight. I just, I got memories of Dumb and Dumber, and it just doesn't get better. It's Thanks, nostalgic. It's nostalgia right there. You picked the right answer. <laughs> Would you rather your only mode of transportation be a donkey or a giraffe? Oh God. Man, I guess I guess a donkey just You can ah. say you're you can say you're hauling ass. <laughs> I'm with that. I'm with that. Hauling okay. ass. <laughs> okay. What is your favorite cereal? Oh man, that's crucial. I haven't I haven't had it so long because it's so bad. Golden Grams. Golden Grams, David. Come yeah, on. It used to be Apple Jacks. Those are good. Yeah, you know, I used to be a classic Apple Jack guy, you know, but I got away from, you know, I get older. You get away from the bad stuff too much, you know. So yeah, I haven't had no golden. Don't don't tip me, bro. <laughs> okay, okay. But I, I'm just I'm a little disappointed by Golden Grams. That you know, you didn't give the control you didn't give the obvious cinnamon toast crunch or captain crunch one. So hey. 
they high on the list. You know, it would have been it would have been like I'm, I'm definitely in like the Kellogg's family, Apple Jacks, Frosty Flakes, you know, yeah, high fructose syrup. You know? <laughs> cool. OK, I love it. I love it. Um, would you rather experience the world beginning or the world ending? Oh, definitely the world beginning. You know, you know, I a lot of people know faith is a big part. I would love to see how this thing just came to be. Bam. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. All right, David. We got three questions left, and I saved the best three for last. Do you pull your toilet paper from the top or from the bottom? Oh, from the top. Oh, from okay. the top? No. Yep. Yep. No. David. The thing comes down like a waterfall, bro. Like, what is. But what think about this. Do? What's easier to do? Pull ups or chin ups? Chin ups. You pull it from the bottom. Yeah, but chin ups are for weak cowards, man. I know it's an exercise, but it's the, it's the alternative. Come on, man. We build character around here. Pull. Pull it down, baby. Oh, hey. my gosh. What is, what is with these athletes and saying you're pulling it from the top? All right, fine, fine. Would you rather fight Mike Tyson once or you have to talk like him the rest of your life? Yeah, I guess we're going to be lisping it up, you know. <laughs> but that might affect your podcast ratings. Yeah, it would be amazing. And um, we're going to get the podcast done anyway. So it really doesn't matter. That's actually a pretty good Mike Tyson. That was really good. Hey, you, hey, you're making the smart business decision. You don't want to be famous for anything else. <laughs> so the last one, and you know, I had to tie it in one more time. For the rest of your life, would you rather never be able to watch the helmet catch replay again, or you can never talk about it? So like, if you watch it, you can't talk about it. But if you talk about it, you can't watch it. I'd rather talk about it. So... You know, because I don't go back to watch the helmet catch. You know, it gives enough. Like, I get my annual revisits randomly. Like, usually, honestly, I don't watch much TV, which is which is the reason why I've been slow to media. I'm like, I can't keep up. You know, mm -hmm. so <laughs> I got seven kids, bro. So, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it. We have some good dialogue and, and share share memories, you know, and uh, kumbaya moments. Do you, uh, do you share those memories with Rodney Harrison at all? Yeah, you know, he doesn't like to talk about it too much. <laughs> I got so much respect for that dude. Um, He's great. It was almost like, you know, through the years, you could see how angry he was early on. Oh, yeah. It was almost like a healing process because he was on TV getting bantered. I didn't see this, but, like, I would always hear about it. And I felt like if he finally came to some closure a few years back where it's like, hey, man, you know, it was just – I had my one moment. You're probably going to get a yellow jacket, you know, like <laughs> – you're probably going to get one eventually, right? So I'm like, but now I totally understand as a competitor how tough that can be. So now we haven't had too many conversations. The, I feel like the only redemption, like mild redemption he could be, is if you guys were like playing in the park and Eli throws it up like a 500 ball and he gets the interception. Like, obviously it's nowhere near the magnitude, but he's like, all right, I got him on one time. No doubt, no doubt. Hey, listen, man, like I, I think that's what that's what makes it such a miracle at the end of the day, all the factors involved says this wasn't supposed to happen. Eli should have been tackled. I have a 31-inch vert coming out of the combine. I'm the black guy who can't jump. I mean, like, Rodney Harris is there. 18-0 Patriots. That's what makes this, to me, undisputedly the greatest play in NFL history. But just to be in the conversation is, is, is more than I ever could have dreamed out of coming out of Essex County, Montclair boy. So it's been it's been a fun ride. I mean, look, you can say it's number one. NFL can say it's number one. We can say it's number one. 
we can't make a graphic like this for anyone else. Shout out to our guy, Toby. So, David, I really want to appreciate you coming on. Before we get you out of here, tell everybody where they can find you. I know that you mentioned your website. Where can they find you on the socials? All that good stuff. Absolutely, man. Um, Most active on Instagram, dtyree85. Um, Twitter is Tyree Nation, but hit me on the gram, man. We're doing some wonderful things. Uh, businesses, companies, be on the lookout for the pod. I got a lot of local stuff that I'm looking forward to doing. And just just shooting shooting the breeze with good people and making great things happen, telling good stories. So, yeah, check the website, David Tyree 85. Any inquiries? I'm local. I'm here in the, in, in the tri-state. We're going to be grinding. Well, you know, lots of projects to look forward to in the future. Man, let me tell you. We've been on this for 33 minutes. I've never felt so much positivity in my life. Everybody, make sure you give them a follow. Check out that website. Let's get that SEO traffic up. And for everybody that watches Triple Play, we really appreciate you tuning in and check us out for some future content.